Hey friends, welcome to Free and Light, a podcast designed to help you slow down and live in rhythm with Jesus so you can experience the life he offers, this life he calls life to the full. Hey, I'm your host, Tim Shelton, and if you've been listening a little while, then you know that this is just a podcast of four friends hanging out and talking about the spiritual practices that are currently changing our lives. And today, I'm here with my wife, Kelly. Fun fact about Kelly, she can kill time and target with the best of them, like she is a professional time killer. That should be a reality show. Kelly, say hi to the people. Hey, everyone. Joining us is my lifelong best friend, lover of all things baseball, and he is in his happy spot because it is baseball season. Mm -hmm. Bill Holbrook, say hey. Hey, everybody. And we've got our producer, creative director, and uh, my food twin, Josh Calazano. Hey, guys. Food twin. It is a thing. It's really, it's a thing. I mean, seriously, the word, the, word, the word is out. How many times have we been to a restaurant and either you or I have ordered, and you'd be like, I'll just have the same thing as heaven? Almost every time. Maybe every time with at most a slight variation. You know what I think of? I think of one of my favorite movies, Dumb and Dumber. They're sitting at the diner. And just the response of <laughs> like, mm, I'll have that. Guys, I do that same thing with my 13-year-old and chicken fingers. So I fully, fully understand the food twin <laughs> theory that you guys are talking about. What a range that, of palettes. Same but different. <laughs> same but different. Very different. Well, agree to disagree? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you might be kicked off the show. No, I'll take it back. Wait. Okay, I take it back officially. So what I need to say is you were like stating fun facts about Bill and Josh. And I feel personally attacked <laughs> because I'm not buying all the things at Target. I'm just browsy. And you guys, honestly, hold on. When I was in college, I used to skip classes to walk around CVS and like browse their school supplies. <laughs> so you're saying that if there was a reality show, you would be the winner of that reality show. Absolutely. And, and this is my problem. She goes to Target. I'm airing all of our dirty laundry Thank right now, you. but you go to Target, you don't come home with anything or you come home with the same thing we already have because you well, love it so much. Guys, didn't we already do this episode? We may have. <laughs> all right. Well, can, I, can you, can you just explain? I heard a word I've never heard before. <laughs> Browsy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Josh, listen. <laughs> that's a, that's are, a, is that a thing? No, seriously. Oh, I think browsy. that's just I love that. my own I'm, lingo. I'm just browsy. <laughs> We're way off the rails, but yep. listen, she can add a Y onto the back of anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. When the kids were small, it was, you want a chippy? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So friends, welcome to episode 12. Can we keep all that in, by the way? <laughs> it's all staying okay. in. Yeah. So it's, it's episode 12. You know, it's a new month, which means a new spiritual practice. And I'm excited for this one. Josh, do you remember the practice for this month? Why, yes, I do. It's remembering. I remember <laughs> about the remembering. Oh, no. I'm reminded in the moment <laughs> to remember the word remembering. Because that was a little bit of inception and a little bit of uh, a little bit of scripture because that's 250 plus times in the Bible, the word remember. Whoa. Did you count, Bill? No, I copy and paste Okay. <laughs> Google counted. Google search. Exactly. That's exactly right. The topic is remembering for this month, which, you know, maybe is weird. Like 
It's a weird concept, maybe. Well, we have a pretty, pretty future-oriented society where everybody's looking at today and the future, so that the concept of remembering could be weird. Tim, give us, give us another layer deeper. What, what do you mean by remember? Yes, so uh, a mentor of mine, Tim Bolke, he has this line, great leaders have great memories. And it's really, really true. If we're going to lead well or just live well, for a lifetime, we have to have great memories. And I know for me, uh, the older I get, the worse my memory is. And I, I know that's true for you, my friends, <laughs> because we have all these gadgets that help us to remember things in the here and now. And I'm looking at you, Kelly Shelton. Yeah, man, you guys are learning all my best qualities today, but I set about seven alarms a day where I'm like, this is what time I need to wake up. This is what time I need to wake up, Reed. This is when I wake up, Harper. This is what time I should go to the bus. This is what time I have to pick so-and-so up. This is where we're going so all Kel day. Kelly, somebody would say you're alarmsy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, Bill. You, you are not wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, that's better than uh, alarming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See how that why changes everything, gotcha. right? That's really good. Kelly, I'm with you. I use, uh, I use my alarms on my iPhone. I probably have 30 set a day. And it still gets me in a position sometimes where I forget things. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's the gadgets are great, but Tim, like you said, memories, they can fail sometimes. You guys are giving me alarm anxiety. Yeah, I do not have, I have one alarm that wakes me up in the morning. I'm a one alarm kind of guy. Not alarmy. That explains <laughs> a ton. I sometimes will use, I have an iPhone. I will use the reminders feature. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Kelly, I've learned to ignore them. That's a different problem. I know. <laughs> I'm not proud of that. I want you to remember not to ignore that. Okay. I'm going to work on that. So here's what, here's what Bulky means by that. He says, great leaders have to have this ability to remember the faithfulness of God. True. And that's when we say remembering, that's what we mean to remember the faithfulness of God. And here's why I think this is so important and why we believe at Sequel, it's a spiritual practice. We, we talk a lot about life to the full. And of course, uh, we've kind of touched on this at different times on the podcast. We don't mean a perfect life. We don't even mean an easy life, but there is a full life. But if we want to have a, any chance of living the life that Jesus offers, we have to answer a gigantic question. How do we persevere and thrive when difficult seasons come on us? Because the truth is we're going to go through difficult seasons. We've all been through them. In a lot of ways, that's this podcast was born out of four different difficult seasons, right? We've talked about that uh, in a lot of different ways, but how do we persevere and really thrive when a difficult season comes up? We have to remember. And this is more than the churchy answer. Jesus said it, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome. And I might even insert like, but remember, I've overcome. And, and so when we remember the faithfulness of God, it does something unbelievable in us. It reminds us, hey, he's done it before. He can do it again. Tim and I, as you're saying that, I mean, if you think of the, our lives in those moments, and we think of possibly people listening today that could be sitting in one of those dark corners or dark moments of their life going, I hear what you're saying, but where, where is God in this moment? Where, where is he right now? Absolutely. And when I think of that question, how do we persevere and thrive during difficult seasons? I think of our friend, Adam Schultz. Adam has an unbelievable story. You know, he didn't grow up in a Christian household. He grew up with a huge trauma, which he'll get into in his story. 
And this is the type of trauma that will define a person. It'll make them bitter and angry. And to be honest, even after he came to know the Lord, he was still bitter and angry. And, and you know, he'll talk about that a little bit. But the grace of God transformed his life. Um, he got some counseling. He came to refresh uh, our men's experience. And he did the, the deep work that it takes to find healing. And just in time for one of the most remarkable things to happen. You got to hear this clip, part of my conversation with Adam. So let me see if I can get my my brain around this. You have this horrible formative experience and your whole life becomes about the approval of your dad. Yeah. And then the approval of everyone else. Mm -hmm. And then you, you try to hide from that for a decade and then you can't. And Jesus, through a lot of different things, mostly himself, Uh, heals you just in time for you to walk through the most difficult season of your dad's life at that time when he would need you the most to give you the healing that you really need with your dad. What were the conversations like with your dad the last couple weeks? It would be, you know, small talking with the nurses forever. Um, like he's king, king of small talk. And it's like, I can't, I, I struggle. I struggle with small talk. Um, so, the, you know, a nurse would leave and I'd be like, dad, like, what are you really thinking? Like, what are you really feeling? Um, what are you scared of? And so we would, we would talk through that. We would work through that. Um, you know, a lot of like, Hey, so this is real. Um, like, where are you with God? How, how are you in Jesus? And he's like, we're really good. We're really good. Cause I remember even, even conversations years before, um, I would always say like he prayed more than anybody I knew, but he had no idea who he was praying to. Hmm. Um, and in that he's like, no, like God and I are really good. And, um, the last, the last conversation we had, um, he, like he was in hospice and he had to go to the bathroom was not able to make it. And so just, he just went everywhere. So I got him up out of his bed, put him in a chair, changing him like super humiliating for him. Like he doesn't want people to take care of him. He was, you know, in construction by himself cause he didn't want, you know, bosses. He didn't want even people to work for him. Uh, he just wanted to do it by himself. And so for him not to be able to like lift his legs or clean himself up, like to have his son mm. have to do it, like just humiliating for him. Um, but we got the bed cleaned up eventually, you know, sitting back down and was like, I like, I just want to give him a back rub, you know? So I was rubbing his back the same way you would a kid when you're tucking him in. And I was like, dad, um, like, are you ready? Like, are you ready to die? Like, are you afraid to die? And he said, like he sat for a while and got, he got pretty emotional. Um, I'd never seen him cry. And he started, he started to, um, he was like, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I feel good. Like God and I are in a good, a good spot. Um, I was like, okay. You know, and in that moment he had said, it's the only encouraging thing I think I ever remember him saying. And he just said, Hey, I'm just, I'm just really so proud of you and your sister. Like you guys, like you never held back. Like you always move towards action. Uh, and so from him, like, you know, passive, afraid of things. He's like, you always stepped into stuff. Um, he's like, I just always really admired that about you. 
and we just like, we just sat there. Um, I got to rub his back a little bit more. He got really tired. I'm like, what, why, like, why don't you rest? Like you just lay down. Um, that was a Tuesday. And like, that was the last time that was the last time we talked. Man in that was just, you know, he, he was able to speak with peace and he was able to, yeah, to really have like the right conversations that he needed in that. And, you know, just like, okay, like I'm here to serve, I'm here to serve my dad. And I never, I never wanted to serve him, but that was like, that was the heart change that Jesus had done in me Yeah, to how, get to that point. And how healing. After your dad passed, you and I had coffee um, and you were pretty fresh off of his death and you brought your journal um, with you. And, and I, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention over the last, you know, year before that, but it was very clear. You have been practicing journaling for a long time. And around Sequel, we, we kind of say more of the practice of remembering mm-hmm. than journaling, although yeah. they can be hand in hand. You've been journaling since 16. I think, is that what you said? Yeah. G- give that, or take. This, that was, it started like, yeah, a week after I became a Christian. Okay. And you've been doing pretty consistent since then. Yeah. Uh, more or less. Okay. So do you ever go back and read your journals? Yes. Um, yeah. The crazier life gets, the more I try to carve out time. Um, also like pretty introverted. So like even processing information, um, it, it's just helpful for me to write it down. Um, I will often write out a lot of my prayers because there's, there's so much going on that it's really easy. I mean, we all know, like you sit down to pray and like you remember everything you, you haven't done. Mm-hmm. And so writing slows me down, like physically slows me down. You can't write if you're on the go, like you just can't. Um, and so mentally that helps. And then also um, to even just like to think clearer um, that helps to see it visually. And then to be able to go back has been one to like, to see where I was at in those different seasons and like to go back and remember exactly. But man, it's, it's to see like things that God had spoken that I forgot um, to see things that he's told me to do that. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Why that keeps coming up over and over and over. I've, I've not been obedient to that. So yeah, to see, I go back through quite often. Um, this past year I pulled out all my journals and there's like, it's almost one a month right now just because of the wow. crazy that's happening. Yeah. Um, and to process through a lot. Um, you know, like even now in counseling, like I will have the prompts, you know, from that session and then I'll have to spend, I'll have to spend some time mm-hmm. even processing through that. And I like to write out the process. Mm-hmm. Have you gone back and read, the journals from that kind of 40 days with your dad. Yeah. What have you learned in looking back over those journals that maybe you didn't see in real time while you were going through it? Hmm. How, like how much it sounds super cliche, but like that God is father. Um, I really, I struggled with that like that concept, the reality that, that God is father until I had kids. And then it like went a whole deeper level when I felt like I was the dad to my dad and taking care of him the same way that you would take care of a kid who's sick. And it's just, just that care of that was really profound. 
um, to me, um, like through that season. Also, like on another side, like I'm really good at loving for about two weeks. Um, <laughs> and which probably isn't love. Um, you know, it's like willpower. But I, I remember specifically like a lot of what I prayed about and asked Jesus to increase in me. It's like, I need you to expand my heart. I need you to expand my heart. Like I, like, I know that he's got cancer. I know that, you know, his, his brain's foggy. He's probably not meaning to be a jerk to the nurses, but like, I want to hit him, you know, like that, like teach me how to love, like specifically the phrase, like Jesus, will you teach me how to love over the long haul? Because Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not good at that. So last question, if you could encourage any, uh, anybody, and I'll say specifically any man to begin to journal, how would you answer the question? Why should I begin to journal or why should I begin to write down what God's saying to me on a daily basis? I think specifically as men, like we have so much responsibility on our shoulders. Um, whether we put that on ourselves or expectation, whatever it is. Um, and it's so easy to go from one thing to the next, to the next. And I think journaling, right, whatever you want to call it, it's a gift, not only of slowing down, but to allow God to unpack what he's doing inside. And then also as a remembrance piece to say, Hey, life's crazy, but I need you to remember how faithful I am to you. Man, I, I bet you Adam will never forget those 40 days of his life with his dad and, and what God was doing in his life. It's interesting because he took the time. I love that that's how he processes. And he took the time to document what he was walking through in that process of losing his dad, but also very aware of the proximity of God as he was walking through it. I was here, you know, sitting Tim mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and with Adam. It is a beautiful story and there's so much more. That was just a, a sneak peek. But those those 40 days that that we heard a snippet of, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. And it takes a lot to not only do what Adam did. Because remember, Adam has a wife and kids and his dad is in the hospital far from home. So it's not just popping down the road, everything Adam had to do, but yet he still took the time to slow down and do exactly what he said, Mm -hmm. see where God is and remember. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like most people, myself included, would just, I just want to get through the day. I just want to, I want to take care of the situation, let alone carve out time to actually reflect on it. Yeah. He drove two hours each way, I believe every day for 40 days. Every day. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm almost at a loss of words. I mean, like I'm sort of getting emotional just even thinking back on our conversation. I just am blown away with what God did ahead of the healing ahead of that kind of moment. And it's just, I love what he said, reminded how much God is father, like only a father would heal his son right before he goes into battle. Right. Right before he goes into the most critical moment of his life. And think about these moments that happened to people, that have happened to us, that have happened in this situation to Adam, think if they move through the situation and then it's over and they just move on. And there's no journal. 
There's no remembering. There's no conversation with a friend where you're sharing emotion and sharing what God's doing. Think how easily in life that memorial stone or that monument can just get swallowed up by the fast-paced day-to-day life. I look at that, this story, I look at the person of Adam and I see one example of many, you know, I look around this table at my friends and I know we all practice remembering, we practice it through journaling. We're going to talk about that a little bit in depth here, but Adam's story specifically, think about when his kids hopefully will read his journals, his grandkids, Mm -hmm. and they will read this chapter quite literally and see the goodness and faithfulness of God in context with this wasn't just something Adam picked up when this thing happened. This is a practice he's had for a long time. And we see that all throughout scripture too. Yeah, those journals will be a, a memorial stone. And yeah. friends, if you want to read about memorial stones, just read Joshua 4 and it'll blow your mind. Kelly and I, when we went through our season years later, I surprised her on our 15th anniversary. It had been a couple of years later with this painting a friend of ours did of these two donuts. And uh, it still is hung in our dining room and we look at it often and it is our memorial stone. And it's sort of like what you're talking about with his journals. I hope, hope our kids and grandkids fight over that painting. She's like, yeah, our family tree could have been wrecked if not for God. So let's, let's get a little practical. Memorial stones are super practical. A lot of different ways you can do that, you know, have something in your life that reminds you of God's goodness. But when we think of remembering the faithfulness of God, what are some of the things that you guys do, some of the practices you put in place to help you remember, whether it's daily or weekly or monthly or whatever you do in your life, what are some of those practices that you do so that you do remember that He is good and He is faithful? Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about the idea of, of journaling, and I'm not talking about writing in your diary, like I'm, I'm talking about journaling. The, the key here is we can remember emotional moments. They're, they're hardwired into our brain when emotion kicks in. We can remember it pretty well. But if you ever sit around a dinner table at Easter or Thanksgiving with family and you're telling stories and four or five people have a different recollection of the same moment, <laughs> yeah. right? And you're like, yes. All The right, fish grandma. was this big. Yeah. So, so there's, a, there's a general memory that we get that our brain just naturally does for us. When we journal, it allows us to record specific moments of gratefulness or of faithfulness or of pain or of hurt. So that practice of journaling is really important to building those memorial stones and solidifying that specific memory of what God has done. Well, and Bill doesn't like science. I think it's called our episodic memory. There's different types of memories, but I think it's episodic memory. Doesn't like the older you get, that's the part that... It, It goes away. And that's where you can still remember feelings. You can still remember general moments, but that specificity is what when we can journal over time, we can look back. I mean, guys, I'm I'm 41, right? I read my journal. I, I was reading some journals a, a few weeks ago, and I, I'd re- forgotten about events with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can look at my iPhone roll, and I can look at, oh yeah, on the calendar we did that. But when you journal in your own words, then you go back and read it, there's a, there's a visceral muscle memory that comes out in those words and that emotion that you put there. Yeah, you can't change what you wrote. No. And it puts you right back in the pocket, puts you right back there. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're talking about, even if we didn't write it down, we could remember feelings, but if we did write it down, we're going to write down how we were feeling. Yeah. So you get, you get all of it. Yeah. That's and that, that's really, cool. when we talk about the faithfulness of God, I mean, I know in my life that the negative can many times outweigh the positive in my brain. And then I read back and I go, oh God, three months ago you did this. And two months ago you did that. And a week ago you did this. And actually... 
I was feeling this yesterday. What is the lie? Why am I feeling negative about this? Yeah, if you really want to uh, blow your mind, just Google negativity bias. And the older we get, the older, <laughs> yeah, right. The older we get, the more we just see the negative and not the positive, and like versus the typical like six or eight year old. It's like it's all rainbows and sunshines. But as you know, we get older, like that yeah. negativity bias sets in because we've been taught through experience like life is hard. Yeah, so it gets wow. back to that question: How do you, you know, persevere and thrive in difficult seasons when you already have failing episodic memory and uh, a bent towards negativity? And then you throw in the fast-paced life where we just take our first intuition or feeling that we have and run with it. A lot of that can turn out into a lie that tells us that God isn't good. Right. Yeah. Kelly, what are some of the things that you do? I mean, you talked a little bit about memorial stones, but what are some of the things that you do, whether it's that or something else, to help you remember the faithfulness of God? Yeah, I feel like aside from even the painting, there are certain objects I have that are memorial stones. Um, words that someone has spoken over me, um, words that God has spoken over me. Um, I had a friend who just saw me in a really difficult season who walked up behind me and put a necklace over my neck and it was a giving key and it said warrior. And I'm like, that was something that God was speaking to me. So that feels like something that um, is a reminder of the faithfulness of God and what he has done and what he's doing in my life. I feel very convicted right now. She would like to keep every birthday card and anniversary card that's ever been given to her. And I just, you're nodding your head, Bill, like, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a great crate to have to remember in the moments where you don't feel loved and cared for. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> wait that wait that is why you are our <laughs> coach. Wait a second. I love and care for her very well now. You do. Uh, but the conviction is now I sort of actually get why you do that. And I'm very quick to be like, we should just throw all that out. But so Kelly, one of the big things is environmental cues that a lot of people will talk about. And when, you know, I see on your iPad case words that you have, I heard the necklace of words that you have when you have in my environmental cues that remind you of things, it reinforces that feeling. Absolutely. There's a lot of typography in this house or in your house. And I'm connecting those dots. Hey, in a good way, oh, for and sure. like I, in a really good way, like seek well and encourage and the, some of these other words, hey, like these, these pictures that are around yeah, us, around, these are the meaningful places that have been transformational in our lives. What did you call them, Bill? Environmental. Yeah, it's, it's environmental cues that reinforce the things we want to be or the things we want to remember, yeah. but we just forget because there's so much other things going on. Candles, pictures, words, things yeah, like that. And when you attach that to something God's done profoundly in your yes, life. Yes. Yeah. Can I specify? There's nothing in our house that says "live, laugh, love." <laughs> Your name is Kelly, not Karen. So Just want to make good. sure you all know that. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking of those, those progressive insurance commercials of like oh, yes, yes. trying not oh, to be their God. parents. He just throws those signs in the. Oh yes, good point. There's a yeah, lot of typography in this home, but all the good kinds, <laughs> and not those. Josh, how about you? Well, the more you guys are talking about like the environmental cues, I'm like. Well, I, I'm all about that. I'm looking at even some of the pictures on the wall here and all of those places, all of those environments are things that I want to remember. And I do remember one of the things that comes to mind is telling stories. How are we going to tell stories and pass things and feelings and experiences on? Yeah, we can write them down and that's one way to tell stories. So video and film tell great stories, but I'm thinking all the way back to, to scripture and these memorial stones and monuments 
they served multiple purposes. One, you know, whether God's people had just come through battle or something hard, or obviously they've seen the faithfulness and goodness of God and they make this monument to the Lord. It's them stopping long enough to actually do that thing. But it's also for, if for some reason they, they themselves find themselves back in that situation, they will remember God and how he was faithful and he came through. But also, and primarily this, it's so that all those who would come after mm-hmm. would see it and know. Think about culture back then. Not very many people read. There was not a lot of writing. It was oral tradition. It was oral tradition. And so it's, it's stories. So even now with my kids, I tell stories of like my grandfather, grandfathers on, on both sides, both of them kind of heroes, but like mm-hmm. things would come up or pictures come up or my kids who are young are like, well, who, who's that or what's that? And I'll tell them a story and their concept of like my, one of my grandfathers gets expanded. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens with God. When well, we know, tell stories. It reminds me of like when we have sought out mentors in our own lives a lot of times we remember their stories of God's faithfulness yeah. and that encourages us. I journal like you, Bill, uh, almost every day. One of the things I do as I journal is um, every so often, like maybe two or three times a year, I read back through uh, at least the journal I'm in, if not the one before that. And oh. I'm sort of looking back for what has God done. So that this practice of looking back and then looking forward as well to what, Maybe he wants to teach me through what he has done. So I'll look for themes that I have been ignoring in my life, like constant pain points that pop up. You know, I'm like, wow, you know, I've struggled with this like nine times in the last year. Maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should address that. Maybe that's worth doing some listening on or praying about. Or look back and just the, the moments where God's like, hey, dummy. Uh, this, sometimes <laughs> that's how he talks to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, not really. Uh, but hey, uh, son, don't forget I did this. Yeah. And you should carry that with you today because just as I did that before, I can do this again. And so I, I do this practice of looking back and looking forward. And, you know, Adam talked about that in his conversation uh, towards the end. And so if you are holding on to something that has been hurting you for a long time, if there's a, a bump in your story and you have not been able to get over it, you have to hear Adam's story uh, because it will encourage you. It will remind you that God is faithful. He loves you. He has good things for you. And uh, he wants to do something amazing in your life. And around here, around this table, we call it life to the full. Not because we think it's a great term, but because Jesus said it. And remembering is a part of it. So check out his story. It drops in two weeks and uh, you're going to love it. All right. You know what it's time for. I want to say it's the most uh, fun part of our podcast, but let's be honest. We've had a lot of fun today, adding wise to things. And, you know, we're learning a little bit about each other, but it is time for three things we love. All right, friends, Three Things We Love is our chance to spread a little joy into your life by telling you about three things we have recently discovered and we absolutely love, and hey, we think you will too. Now, we've said this before, we're not trying to promote anything. We don't have sponsors. We're just simply saying, hey, we love this thing and it's doing something in our life, and hey, you should check it out. We think you will too. Josh Calizano, what do you have for us today, buddy? I read a book. Stop it. 
a full book. Wait, pause the podcast. That's not that big of a pause. I made it too big. The podcast. Last, I came in hot. <laughs> last did. episode, you said this. I don't know where you live. We have a library. It has a lot of books. So what you're saying is that if my library doesn't have enough books, I can find more books from other libraries for free. Yes. More books? Yes. I Do we need more books? More books. I recognize the irony. I fully embrace it. And not only, it was not a theological book. Oh, yeah. No. Well, not, well. And Bill and I read it with you. So tell us about this book. True story. We... Do we have a book club? <laughs> Finer things? I was not invited. <laughs> Finer things. Yes. There will always be an office reference and everything. Uh, yes. The book is called Endurance. It's the story of Ernest Shackleton and his expedition crew. They, they set out in the early 1900s to cross the continent of Antarctica, to be the first to do it on dog sleds. I will not give it away. Let's just say it didn't go as planned, but there's a reason that Ernest Shackleton goes down as one of the best leaders in all of recorded world history, arguably, because of what he does. It's a incredible story. I couldn't put it down. It Bill. was like almost 400 pages and I did it. Quickly, by the way. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, actually, I, I enjoyed every bit same. of it. Same, I couldn't put it down. Bill, I want to ask you a question. What is the one most dominant emotion that you felt when you were reading this book? When I read that book, I feel alive. Wow. Like I want to do it. Mm -hmm. I want to go, not parts of the book, uh, but the book makes me feel like we can do anything. That's so good. Josh, what, what was the emotion you felt? Wow. I definitely felt that. Well, I didn't want to do it at all. No, <laughs> no. no parts. I do not want to eat no seal blubber. Well, I'm not giving anything away. But fun, <laughs> I am not Spoiler eating seal alert. blubber. Fun fact. Fun fact. I'm surprised he hasn't said this. Our friend Bill here literally wants to get on a boat at the tip of South America and cross what's Drake's passage. Drake's passage. Crazy to go it, from it's, it's South roughest, America to Antarctica. Yeah, the roughest the world. in the yep. entire world. No, no, no point in me. So I, I get where I get where you're coming no from. No bueno. Yeah, I would say the dominant emotion is is hope, but it ties into what Bill said. It's like mm -hmm. it, 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 we're far more capable than we mm -hmm. think or or mm -hmm. believe. Yeah, but it's the same kind of idea. Yeah, great book. Book's called Endurance. Yeah, Bill. Since I was picking on you a little bit with emotions, uh, what do you got for us today? Yeah, mine is not very emotional. Uh, mine is more practical and tactical. Uh, for some of you out there who travel a lot, go to coffee shops, get on planes, go in airports, and have to use internet, I use ExpressVPN. They are not paying me for this. Are they sponsoring this episode? They are not sponsoring this episode. <laughs> nope, so, not yet. Uh, few reasons why I use a VPN. Uh, number one, it gets me in places where people could hack into my computer and get bank information, all that, and it stays secure really helps with that in any kind of travel situation. Um, it encrypts everything on your computer so nobody can see it and just allows you to be in these environments with worry-free internet access. Uh, I know we think, oh, email, Google, you don't realize how much stuff is in there. So it's what I use. It's on all platforms for devices. And sometimes I may use it for MLB network and blackout games for here in Metro Detroit. But there it is. <laughs> so is it kind of like hiding from other people? No, it is not hiding. Hiding from uh, bad guys? Is it masking? Uh, yeah, I could give you the technical analysis of it, but that would take too long. It's protecting your data so that other people cannot see it and steal it. Follow up. 
Mm-hmm. Are you Jason Bourne? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to acknowledge Bill's segue from a talk about emotions. That's where I was talk about. I, can I, I, if there's a sound effect, can we just go? Beep, boop, I was beep, trying beep, boop, to somehow connect. I asked him about emotions. No. And he had a, a three things we love about hiding. And I was like, hiding? There's me, nothing hiding. Are you telling me you like to hide your emotions? But I no, couldn't I wasn't, I wasn't going there. I was just I going from connected. I was going from feeling to like cold technology. My name is well, Bill and I am a robot. I'm going to leave that one alone. All right. <laughs> we got endurance. We have Express VPN. Kelly Shelton, bring us home, girl. I got you guys. Okay, ladies. Hey, and guys. This is J.R. Watkins, lemon cream, hand cream. You can get this for like under 10 bucks on Amazon. And I want you to think back to your childhood. And if you think about the smell of Fruit Loops, Apple Jacks maybe? I think Apple Jacks. I am telling you, Mm -hmm. it smells Fantastic. I'm I, not sure which it is. It might be both. It might I be Fruity Pebbles too. I don't it's in that really we had, we had a donut today with Fruity Pebbles on <laughs> it. It was I don't even like lotion and this is like the nicest. It's nice to your skin. It smells wonderful. Bill, I love that you're putting it on. Tim Tim secretly does too. <laughs> oh crap. You you know. <laughs> I'm oh, outing you. Is the yeah, secret out. this yeah. feels a little bit more empty than yeah, I did yeah. yesterday. So well, you use a lot. <laughs> I think, did, did you buy this or something? No, got I got for it you? for Christmas from yeah. my sister-in-law. That's right. And mm-hmm. so I think you got two of them. One was like a travel companion. You did. Trust me. <laughs> Tim, got, Tim got the other one. The other one is in my um, my travel, like your toiletries. <laughs> we are. This episode's going long today, and it's because it's confession hour. <laughs> yes. Totally confession hour. Oh but my goodness! Would oh. never have put that on this show, but I flat out love it. So. If you don't like '80s breakfast cereal, I also heard that it's like a nice lemon cake, a lemon pound. Yeah, cake. it smells like those uh, really really yeah. inexpensive lemon cookies you can get at the store That's that what taste it is. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, which does have a vague throwback to the 80s cereal yeah, thing but okay there's just, just a follow-up question and it's a serious one actually oh no the, no 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 <laughs> I, I know what okay i'm gonna acknowledge i have a track record of just hopping on whatever kelly brings to the table and commenting or throwing her under the bus yeah. I, I was just gonna ask is is there you said all the good things about it is there something about either this company or this this lotion that is better? Is it better for you? Is it made naturally? Or is it literally just like it works and it smells like 80 cereal and that's good <laughs> enough for me? It has, it's, it doesn't have like the junky things in it. Nice. So it's like a 98% natural nice. and it has all the good, the cocoa butter and the shea butter, mm-hmm. all the good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, okay. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not tried Express VPN. So you got me curious bill because cybersecurity is a big deal it's yeah it's, it's a big massive. deal especially once again if you're in internet in places that are not protected so we've got express vpn we've got endurance the story of ernest shackleton and jr watkins lemon hand cream way to bring it friends guys we're off the rails we are <laughs> way i almost said jr tolkien <laughs> <laughs> for little all right <laughs> So there you have it. We know we went long today, but hey, we're uh, <laughs> there must be something in our coffee. Uh, three things we love, and we think you will too. We're going to put all the links in our show notes so you can check them out, pass them to a friend. 
Hey, we are so grateful that you spent this time with us on Free and Light. Would you do us two favors? I know I've asked this before, but it's a big deal. If you would first hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified when new episodes pop up, including any bonus episodes that we publish. And then second, would you tell somebody who would benefit from this podcast that they should check out this episode? Share it with them and let them in on the conversation. You'll be sharing this one amazing truth with them, that Jesus came to give us life to the full, a life that is free and light. Until next time, friends, seek well. Free and Light is a podcast of Seekwell Ministries. We believe that life to the full comes out of an intimate connection with Jesus. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit us at seekwell.org slash donate.